people, we are all the way up, and you know what it is. It's another Wednesday with your boys on The Faction. And that's right, I'm not by myself. No, 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 no. I have the father of Jackson and Jordan with me, the valedictorian and founder, GB. What's happening, fam? What's good, good brother? How are you, man? Man, I am well, well, well. I have no complaints on this fine Wednesday. Well, and not just that, but you just celebrated a birthday. Like, you've got the good life happening, man. Listen, I have a good thing going. Yeah. I just turned the big 4-1. Nice. 41, that is. Nice. Uh, I don't feel a day over 35, though. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's yeah, good. I don't feel a day over uh over uh, 35 so i still feel good that's a good thing that's a good thing now i know you well at least the last couple of birthdays you were out of the country as you tend to do did you decide to go on another maiden voyage or <laughs> were you what'd you do like because I, actually i saw you no, a few places for your birthday weekend i, I, I was in st louis yes. and i was hanging out up there which st louis was lit yeah. got a chance to spend some time with uh ron isley and even the uh lead singer of journey Nice. So that was, Don't stop it was a great night. Yeah. Uh yeah. Oh man, that that dude, one of the greatest songs ever written. Ever. Uh and if you're a karaoke person, that has to be in your top ten. Mm-hmm. And then the next day I was in Los Angeles. Oh, yes. Uh I t- drove up the uh, left uh about to say I left my wallet. I stayed in El Segundo, but okay. you know the song left my wallet in El Segundo. Right. So I stayed there. I took Pacific Highway, which that was my first time driving, first time in LA, first time driving Pacific Highway where you have the ocean to your left and the mountains to your right. Oh, wow. Glorious. Wow. Went on up to Oxnard. We did our thing that night. I took the 405 101 home back to the uh, to the hotel in El Segundo. I went over to see uh, to uh, Slauson and Crenshaw. To pay my respects to Nipsey Hussle, that nice. was that was that's the story I got. That was interesting. Wow. Uh, went to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. Yes. Made my way over to uh, Beverly Hills. Rode Wilshire, rode Sunset, all those things. Wow. Uh, went by Capitol Records. Saw oh. some of the stars on the on the Walk of Fame. Oh yes. Went to went to Westlake Studio where Michael Jackson recorded Thriller and Off the Wall. Hung out on Melrose at the uh, Improv, went across the street to the famous uh, uh, cafe where they put, you know, different things into the little little emblems on the uh, coffee. Then my friend Aaron Lindsay and Dub Campbell, Warren Campbell, invited me up to Calabasas to hang out for the evening and I made my flight home. It was a glorious trip. That's pretty amazing. Good Lord. Wow. That was, it's it's memorable for real for That's real. That's very memorable. Jeez, now I have to figure out how to step my game up for my birthday. Jeez, because that was Listen, awesome. Man, it, it was all right, man. Forty one uh has been good to me, good. and uh forty one will continue to be good to me. It will. It will. Perhaps the only blemish on that record will be the loss of the faction championship. But in every life some rain must fall. You know, uh, it, yeah. As I've told the faction fan haters who take my birthday to write things on my birthday. Who writes happy birthday? I hope you lose a title. Faction haters. That's what they are. Know what you are? You're not a faction member. You're a hater of faction. You're a haction. That's what you are. You are a haction uh, member. Okay? I said it before. This isn't a podcast. This is an oddcast. Uh, and you are the reason why. Because on my birthday, a day of celebrate, you t- come to me and talk about I'm going to lose my title. Ta 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 ta! I will show you, T G 
Jamie. <laughs> so wait, now help me because I've never I've never tried to even do this publicly. I've only done it once in my head because I've watched this person. I don't remember. Well, I'm, I'm, her name is starting to come back to me, but she tends to do these birthday shout outs and she just butchers the English language intentionally and people love it. You know, she's like, have be a birthday or have be a. What? Have you? Oh, you've not. Okay, I have to send it to. It's uh, on Instagram. It's, I think it's s.noel. And it's, it's like so off the charts that. I mean, she does these birthday shout outs and she's been involved in these uh, interesting. Uh, conversations with Lexi that are just—I mean, heroically. Oh yes, yeah. yes, I know who. Yes, yeah, yes. Have yeah, I, I've seen her. She, she, she is very interesting. She is very interesting. So yeah, you, you know who I did see now out of all. Now I have celebrity friends that I hang with that are my friends. Yes. Okay. Yes. Not that I'm not excited that I saw my celebrity friends, but you know who I got the most excited about? Welvin the Great. I saw Welvin the Great. Remember him? It was Gadim him. I saw him. You don't remember him? The, 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 the guy, it was the whole, he's on the phone with somebody. He calls him. They looking for you. And they say, who? And forgive me, fact He said, these nuts. And then he said, ha. Got him. I saw Welvin walking down Beverly Hills Boulevard and I screamed at him. That was the highlight of my weekend. That's seeing Welvin the Great. That's absolutely hilarious. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, I I had quite the weekend. I'll be sure to tell you guys about it, which included a stop at Ring of Honor and hanging out with my good friend Caprice Coleman, who we're going to have on the show in a couple of weeks. So we'll talk all about that. But. I want to update you with what happened last week and get you ready. Hold on, wait, 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 GB. Yes. You preached. You preached this weekend. Many people, you preached this weekend. Many people don't know that you're just not the founder. You're a communicator as well. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I kind of let you guys have that shine since more people know that. And that's why I'm bringing it up because... (laughs) Everyone thinks that Clack and I are the inspirational pontificators. <laughs> and you are. That, that one GB actually dons the robe every now and then, the oh. proverbial robe, in the collar, and he does his thing. Well, so you did this weekend. It's funny. It was more like a uh, Super Mario Brothers shirt and a uh, leather jacket. But, you know, how, Wait, however it happens, it happens. Super Mario Brothers shirt? I totally did. Oh, I totally Totally did. In- and then you preached a message that was fitting for Brett and Owen Hart about brothers beef and who Stu Hart was going to anoint. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It was it was a lot of fun. And so, uh, yeah, you know, like you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it was cool. It was fun. It was fun. Oh, oh congratulations. Boy. Well, thank you. Oh, Heart, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace, Stu. And it's ironic that we would talk about the hearts as we're in the middle of the uh, King of the Ring, which, by the way, I found myself this weekend as I had the house to myself as uh, the wife and the son took a trip to New York and I was home alone. And I found myself watching old episodes, not old episodes, but old pay-per-views from the King of the Ring. And, uh, yeah, I may share some of those thoughts. It was very, very interesting to watch. Um, But speaking of King of the Ring, it kicked off last week, and we talked a bit about it on The Faction. 
um, as well as the announcement, the huge announcement of NXT on USA and what that means for the Wednesday Night Wars. So it was an amazing show. Go back, check it out. It's available, of course, here on our website or wherever it is that you get your podcasts as long as you are subscribed to our podcast. So with that said, let's talk about this week. It's a pretty important week for the faction. Tell us what's up for today's show, Courtney. Welcome to episode 180, that's right, 180 of the faction right here on Bonafide Radio. We'll definitely talk John Moxley, the new announcement, the newest injury, but also AEW has added to their announcing. We'll discuss NWA TV, ROH as the founder was actually there. Becky Lynch will definitely jump into Raw and SmackDown, and I wonder if you have any predictions for the weekend. But before we do, this song is definitely about our podcast. We're the best. We're actually undisputed. This is Undisputed Era's theme song by CFO. You're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. That is radio the way it's supposed to be. This is a total package, Lex Luger, and you are turned into The Faction. Shock the system.
are the faction. One, two, three. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Hey guys, this is Courtney. Welcome back to the faction. That was Undisputed Era's theme song by CFO. GB, give us the news. All right, so we've got a lot of news to get into. First and foremost, uh, let's talk about Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor had a pretty big weekend as they were here in Atlanta on Saturday doing some TV tapings. They also did some work with the Top Prospect Tournament, and they actually had a pay-per-view of sorts on uh, their Fight Club app. It was called uh, Saturday Night at Center Stage, and the main event saw Champions versus All-Stars, an eight-man elimination tag match that saw Matt Taven, the Briscoes, and Shane Taylor, which are the world champ, the tag champs, and the TV champ, against Jay Lethal, Roosh, Kenny King, and Jeff Cobb. And then, of course, set, uh, then Sunday night, they were in Nashville for another event. Um, a couple of things to talk about because I don't want to get into the whole card. I will say there was a weird moment. Uh, Villain Enterprises, which is PCO and Brody King, they're the former NWA tag champs. They are two-thirds of the current six-man tag champs. They fought Lifeblood, Mark Haskins and Tracy Williams. And PCO, uh, for those who don't know, is the former Pierre Ouellette of the Quebecers who just has kind of gone off the deep end. Um, he was supposed to do a tope, uh, suicida through the ropes onto the, the, uh, you know, mass of wrestlers. Instead, uh, I guess they say he malfunctioned of sorts and he ran out to the opposite side of the ring, did the tope suicida and landed flat on his face. We covered it Bro. actually, uh, in our, uh, stories on Instagram that night and it made no sense to me. He was a bloody mess. Like he injured himself for real. Like injured his eye socket. He's, it was just. It was just crazy. He's too old to be doing that kind of stuff. Um, and so there was that. Uh, there were some great matches. Marty Skrull versus Bandito. Phenomenal match. The genius Lanny Poffo uh, joined Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman on commentary for the main event match. Um, but what I want to talk about is, you know, a lot of people have been talking pretty much ever since uh, Madison Square Garden about what seems to be the decline in Ring of Honor. Uh, Ring of Honor, of course, uh, perhaps you could argue Ring of Honor could be the most impacted organization by uh, All Elite, more so than WWE and New Japan. And um, a lot of people have been talking about the declining attendance. So being there, I will tell you that uh, bell time was supposed to be at 6 p.m. At 5.30, they started doing some top prospect stuff. And I was nervous. I was really nervous because the place was barely half full at center stage at that particular point in time. Six o'clock for the TV tapings. More people trickled in. Uh, by the time we got to the pay-per-view at 7, it was pretty much a full house. So, number one, I'm not sure, you know, there are pictures floating around about um, Ring of Honor, you know, not being full and oh, how the mighty have fallen. I don't know that those are accurate, as in, like, pictures that are happening while the card is going on, as opposed to early. But here's the other thing that happened, which you could kind of blame Ring of Honor for. One of the things that they do is they have meet and greets before the show starts. Yeah, part the, yeah. Part of the problem is... The meet and greet, the timing for it actually bleeds into the start of the show. 
And in the case here in Atlanta, the uh, the the meet and greets were outside of the actual arena. So if you have a, a large group of people meeting their favorite wrestlers, if they're meeting their favorite wrestlers, those favorite wrestlers clearly are, clearly are not in the ring at the same time. So there's no impetus for them to go into the ring or into the arena and get their seats. So I think that Ring of Honor certainly needs to kind of structure that a little bit differently so that, you know, if you are a wrestler who is just hopping on the card like these top prospect guys, you're not working to an empty house because there were there were literally points where the top prospects what they would say in the ring, you know, like they taunt the crowd or whatever was louder than the crowd itself. So I think that they just have to to work that out a bit better, but I definitely could see and I'll say this carefully, it felt like you, you know how when you go to an NXT show or perhaps another show, the guys who start off even if they're guys you haven't heard of the caliber and quality of what they do is still on par with the rest of the card. It felt like with Ring of Honor, they definitely put, I hate to use this term, but they're scrubs first. Um, The caliber and quality of the matches got better later in the card. but That's a very old school way of doing things. It is. It is. It's very very old old school. school. And there are some guys, which Clack was here from the Attitude Era, who still subscribe to that. Well, there are, and uh, I, I just, and, and again, we, we might dovetail into just kind of the current wrestling climate of the wrestling fan, but I definitely think for Ring of Honor, you know, for a guy like me who um, doesn't watch the Ring of Honor product every week, but certainly, you know, will gravitate to new guys if they are good, it took a while before I could gravitate into anybody because... It was just kind of tough watching. There was one guy, the Haitian sensation, who I could not tell. It, it felt like for a second he was a cross between No Way Jose and Sonny Kiss. And I was like, I don't want to be unfair in my assertion of that. But it was just, yeah, it was just some stuff. And, and, and they weren't necessarily the best guys. But, of course, as the card went on, things got a bit better. So, It'll be interesting uh, to kind of watch what happens with Ring of Honor, but um, they are still pulling in some pretty solid crowds, which is good for me because I don't want to see any organization suffer at this point. Yeah, that that's real. Uh, you brought up the Haitian sensation uh, at JJ Good Time One on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he 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 is an interesting uh, character. Yes, thus far. Yes. Uh, I'm eager to see what he now. He's like me. He's from the Gap Nation, mm-hmm. uh, but he he's interesting. I'm eager to see what they're going to do with him. GB, uh, listen. Social media has a way of killing things before it could evolve. Let me give you an example. Uh, what was that? Bird Box, Bird Cage, Sandra Bullock. I didn't even look at it. Oh, because social yeah. media was yeah. Bird Box. Mm-hmm. Social media killed it. They said it was a good movie. Well, but because social it, media, well, they started memeing it and putting blindfolds on, and I just didn't have a taste to see it anymore. Well, I mean, I can't because say they, the, but the numbers don't support that they quote unquote killed it. Maybe they messed up. I know a lot either. of people. I know a lot of people who didn't see this. I said, "Hey, did you see that?" I no, I didn't see it. But a lot of people in my circle just. But according to Netflix, the social media poll made Bird Box the most successful first-time event in Netflix history. So Then I will say this. In my circle of, of, of sphere of people, 
they didn't watch it. So maybe a ton of people watched it, but a lot of people in my sphere. And I think that even goes to my point is that social media has a way of killing the momentum of ROH, which could be a good thing. Because like you said, you and I went to NWA wrestling. Mm -hmm. NWA, those guys weren't in the building in the beginning because they were out signing autographs and that's where the fans were. Mm -hmm. So all I saw until you updated me was empty seats. And I thought, oh my God, this is the end of ROH. Yeah, and and we're not there at, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, it, it 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 does has the product been impacted by the loss of the elite? Absolutely, um, you know. But I do think that uh, they're not they're not dead by any stretch of the imagination. But since you mentioned that, that's a perfect segue into uh, an interesting conversation that took place with Dustin Rhodes uh, just the other day where Dustin Rhodes said that he believes that social media is ruining wrestling. Not only did he say it's ruining wrestling, but it is the reason why we'll never revisit the Attitude Era. Uh, he talked mm. about the fact that he he hates that you know wrestling fans get to have their input into wrestling. Uh, he hates that storylines get negatively impacted. He hates the fact that kayfabe seems to be dead. You know, one of the things that he said is it's weird to me that the Undertaker is on social media, and if the Undertaker is on social media, he loses his mystique. He's like, if people expect Goldust to be on social media, I, I don't respond like Goldust. And then he went on to praise the Velveteen Dream for the Velveteen Dream's consistency between what you see on TV and the way in which he handles his social media account. So let's have this conversation because I do think it's it's a, oh a relevant conversation to have. Do oh we boy. think that social media is killing the sport as we know it? Here I am sounding like the old fuddy-duddy. Let me let me uh get ready, folks, because I'm great to sound like old Jimmy Cornette and old Willie Apter. Mm-hmm. <sighs> GB, I feel like I'd like to be progressive and say I'm stuck in the middle on this, mm-hmm. but I think I may be a little old and may kind of lean towards one Dustin Reynolds. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you why. Because a storyline could be happening on TV, but yet I look on social media and I see who Charlotte really is dating. Mm-hmm. I see a, a storyline happening on TV of a guy who's injured. And then I look on social media and I say, where's the injury? Mm-hmm. I think about Brett and Owen Hart, as we mentioned off air, uh, but Brett and Owen having beef with one another on TV and them sitting in an airport across from each other from one, one of the stories. And they wouldn't even talk to each other because they had to keep it going. Mm -hmm. I think about Big Boss Man, who Jim Cornette said one time that he slammed his finger in the door in Atlanta, Georgia. And Big Boss Man didn't make a sound. And he went inside the Coliseum. They said he ran around yelping and screaming and hollering. And Jim Cornette (laughs) said, why did you do that outside? He said, the fans are watching. (laughs) I think about the small SWAT team being pulled over by the police and them being with another wrestler and that wrestler spoke for them because they couldn't speak English and yes folks I just did air quotations Mm -hmm. there are certain uh, mythical and mystical things that I miss about wrestling and I was going to say this previously that wrestling fans are, are 
as obnoxious as the drunk uncle at the kid's birthday party who every time the magician does a trick, he says, I know how he did that. Mm-hmm. Well, those kids don't care that it was a sleight of hand. And those kids don't care. Look at look at what his left hand is doing. We don't care sometimes about unfolding how the magic works. We just love the magic. But but we can't love the magic if the magician then says, well, let me tell you how I did it. And so we all become skeptical. The thing that makes wrestling work, GB, and you admit this yourself, is the ability to pull me from the reality that I'm sitting in and place me in a moment that you've created. So forgive me if I sound a little old school, like uh, one Goldust, that I too love what Velveteen Dream does. Velvet kind of lives it. And what do we like about Becky? Becky is who she is on Twitter, as she is in the ring. So maybe it's me being 41. Maybe I'm the old guy in the room. But I think that social media, though it has pushed wrestling forward in a way that we've never seen, because we have things like our group chats, we have our wrestling clubs. The cost of it is greatly because there are things in wrestling we'll never get back. So, of course, I disagree with you. Um, Who can well, well nope. and, but but I, I need you to hear this because I'm gonna completely bust your point and yet support, oh God and yet support, just make and yet you just have to add like the final you, scene just make your point support, and self people that will believe you I was trying to tell you I was gonna support some of what you said but since you don't want to hear that that's fine no 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 no, no. go ahead no no go ahead listen if uh-huh. I've said it once I've said it a million times no if I said it once I've said it a million times I love when you do this go ahead of course you do of course you do so here's the deal the deal is. Social media, I don't believe, is the issue. Uh, what are you doing? This camera is on. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! <laughs> oh, wait. God, Lord. Of this oh my God! She comes, kisses him on the neck, and it looks Elizabeth oh. and Macho Man. <laughs> They're having a romance in the middle of wrestling. Oh, what is Lord. that? So here's the deal. <laughs> the deal. I don't think social media is the issue at all. I think it's how social media is used. And so what we're really dealing with is an issue with the wrestlers themselves and their lack of being committed to what they do. Because here's the deal. Social media could be used in a way that would enhance who they are in such an incredible way that we'd all go, wow, this is amazing. You know, no, I don't want to see you. Listen, I honestly have no interest in Charlotte's love life. I don't. I follow Charlotte Flair because I want to hear how great she's going to claim to be and the trash talking that she can do. The problem that this has become is when you now have Charlotte with Andrade and they're super lovey-dovey. And we know Mm -hmm. now that – so now that takes away the the potential mystique that Andrade and Zelina Vega could be more than business partners. And we know that, you know, so so to me, which is a lifelong recipe that's worked in wrestling. It is. It has. Listen, think about how in the 80s wrestlers were married. Wrestlers were brother-in-law and sister-in-law and all this stuff. And we never knew. Think about we didn't know. Never for, knew. We didn't know for 15, 20 years that Bret Hart and Jim the Anvil Neidhart were brother-in-laws. We didn't know. Right. You know, and it was okay. I Barry Windham, Black Jack Mulligan. Yeah, you know when we when, didn't know their relationship. 
when when wrestlers would name themselves something different, like Jerry Lawler and Brian Christopher, so that the son wouldn't have to bear the weight of the father. And there, the mystery was discovering that that was really his son. So I think where things have become problematic is it's not social media because social media is just like any tool it's just like a computer it only becomes effective based on how the user uses it and so the fact that these wrestlers feel like i have to you know i have to put out my uh my my actual birth name on here you know so you know who i am and that i'm playing a character let me tell you something Cardi B doesn't tell you she's playing a character. 50 Cent doesn't tell you he's playing a character. Elton John doesn't tell you he's playing a character. Madonna doesn't tell you she's playing a character. They are who they are. And because they are celebrities, they are more committed to who they are as an artist or as an act than they are their individual birth name. I think this generation of wrestlers, though they may be more athletic, they are far less committed to this business. They're far less committed to this craft. And as a result, we find out things that we don't want to know. See, here's where I, if Clack were here, Clack would talk about the lack of Hall of Fame talent. We don't have a lack of Hall of Fame talent. But what we do has, have is a lack of, of 100% commitment. I mean, to me, I never wanted to see The Undertaker on social media because to me, he was the last of a dying breed. The Undertaker would go so far as to not show up at the Hall of Fame when everybody else would show up as the Hall of Fame to continue to be The Undertaker. And the one time he did was to salute Paul Bearer, and he did it as The Undertaker. I think where you completely damage this sport is when you choose not to be true to who you are and you keep to me one of the worst things i hear in this business is when i hear wrestlers keep calling themselves characters stop calling yourself a character we don't consi- we don't think about eric braden we think about victor newman and young and the restless and whenever we see him he's victor newman we don't we're not interested in eric braden god bless him we love you but we want victor newman we want you to tell us why you can't stand this marriage the truth of it is if you're not going to fully commit to your artistry then you don't need to be an artist If you're not going to fully commit to being a pro wrestler, then you don't need to be a wrestler. I have no interest in one day you taking it off and the other day you putting it on. It's not good for the business, and it makes us as fans duplicitous in our belief system. Because now you're forcing us to believe, okay, well, this is Sasha Banks or this is Mercedes, you know, this is Charlotte, or this is Ashley. I don't want to do that. I watch you because I want to believe what you're presenting. So if you're going to go through all the work and go through all the training, you can at least be committed to it on social media. And if you just have to share what you're doing personally, get yourself a private account that you can only have certain people become part of and you can share your stuff there. But until then, for the rest of us, 
please let us keep thinking you're Madonna. Please let us keep thinking you're Elton John. Because nowhere else but in the world of pro wrestling do we do this. Yes, we know you're Calvin brought us, but forever you'll be Uncle Snoop, Snoop Dogg, or whatever Snoop Doggy. Listen, do you see what I'm saying? But 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 it goes to this GB, and I, I know that this is man. Hey, you know what? Write me fan mail. Who cares? Wrestlers are poor businessmen. That's why I heard recently someone break it down. I think it was, uh, what's the guy who used to, Al Snow. Al Snow said he tells younger wrestlers, you are an independent contractor Mm -hmm. hired by this promoter to do a job. See, that's the thing that we lost when we lost territories. Guys are forgetting. You think you're signed to WWE? No, no, no. You're an independent contractor. Right. Who's fulfilling an obligation. So because of that, you have to realize that in order for you to make money, there has to be fan buy-in. So forgive me if I don't cheer for your flips and all that stuff on Monday and Tuesday because I just saw the blotity of your life throughout the week. Here's why I had difficulty with Total Divas. Mm-hmm. Because you want me to believe I loved Nia Jack. GB, you were the biggest Nia Jack stand when she came out. I was. You were all you hated our jokes on Nia. You loved Nia because she could have been a monster. She could have been a contender. But all of a sudden, Nia's girly girl, Nia is having Nia is is the loudest brat of them all on, on Total Divas. The other girls who are smaller seem more uh, 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 they seem stronger in, in many areas of life. Mm-hmm. Now we no longer believe Nia. Now we think she's whiny. Now we think that, that she has a leg up because of who she's related to. GB, wrestlers aren't protecting wrestlers. I agree. I agree. And, and this is why social media isn't the problem. Because, again, these folks are seemingly more interested in becoming stars, not through their craft. It, it, it just it doesn't make sense. So I don't believe that social media is what's killing wrestling. I don't believe social media is the reason that the Attitude Era won't work. The reason none of this will work is because the wrestlers aren't committed enough to it. Because for whatever reason, they've succumbed to the pressure that I got to tell the world my quote unquote real name my birth name listen nobody's checking for cardi b's birth name we love cardi b because cardi b is all the way committed to being cardi b she could be super intelligent or she could be as nutty as she appears to be but there's something authentic about it and she at least upholds that 24 7 so i just think this if we're gonna have a 24 7 championship let it be given to the person who's actually committed to being a wrestler 24 7 We'd appreciate that as straight from the wrestling fans. I'm glad that Goldie said something. I, I wish, you, you know, but Velveteen Dream had, he knows what he wants. Mm-hmm. Velveteen Dream knows that he wants to be a legend one day. He wants to go in the Hall of Fame yeah. and he wants to make a lot of noise doing it. Yeah. But that's the thing that made John Cena special. John Cena lived Cena on and off stage for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We need to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get into AEW. Uh, There's some big news coming out of there, some positive, some negative. We'll talk about all of that. We've got news on the NWA's TV show, and then we're going to get into Raw, SmackDown, and we've got our predictions as we're about to decide who's going to be the faction champion. But right now, let's go into some music. Speaking of Becky Lynch and all the cool things that she's done in terms of being the same on and off camera, here's her theme song. It's called Celtic Invasion. It's coming from CFO. 
This is the faction powered by Bonnerfied Radio. I got a lot left in the tank. What's up, guys? This is Mark here, the world's strongest man, and you're tuned in to the faction. An announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, look everyone, Belle and Ebenezer are in love. No silly. Pain is in the building. You can now listen to Bonafide Radio, courtesy of our new mobile app, available for the iPod, iPad, and iPhone. Come on, you can do Find it. out the latest news, check out our podcast, or listen to us live listen. right now on your phone. Why, yeah. Download the app today via the iTunes App Store by searching for Bonafide Radio or at iPhone.bonafideradio.com. I'm living in that 21st century. We got something to say. Listen! Would you like to take your business or service to the next level? Yeah. Consider adding Bonafide Radio to your marketing plan. I can't wait. We will gladly share your product with our listeners in a creative, efficient, affordable, and professional manner. This is so gnarly. For more information, scroll to the bottom of our website and click Advertise. Or email us directly at sales at getbonafide.com. I know you're going to dig this. 
This is Tracy Lynn, and I want you to take a journey with me through the jazzy side of Bonnerfide Radio. Every Tuesday at 2 p.m., tune in to Melodic Grooves right here on GetBonnerfide.com or via the Bonnerfide Radio app. Bonnerfide Radio, radio the way it's supposed to be. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the faction. This is Courtney. It was not a Laker invasion. It was a Celtic invasion. Becky, Becky, two belts. Becky, one belt. Becky, no belt but one ring. I don't know what Ah. he called this. I don't know what he called it today. Listen, she's got a belt. She's got a belt and a ring. It's pretty significant, I'd say. So, You're speaking about KF. I don't know how I feel about Becky being married i just i don't know i have mixed emotions about this so part of the uh news that came out this week of course becky lynch uh and seth rollins engaged and i don't know this feels kind of quick you know like they first got together apparently in february uh it became public uh i guess a few months back and now here it is it is august that is six months uh they are engaged to be married so congratulations to, to Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. We don't know when the date will be. I hope it won't be on pay-per-view. Uh, this is Vince McMahon we're talking about, so I don't know. But I suppose it is good to know that this wasn't merely an angle, but they really are together and apparently loving and enjoying each other. So congratulations. Yeah, man, I, I mean, who saw this coming? We could have. You could have given me several options of people that she would have dated or married backstage, and I would have never picked uh, Seth Rollins. Yeah, me either. But they both seem to be it, very happy. And shout out to them, though, GB, because I, I don't know if we actually know. You may know how long they've been dating, but they've only gone public about a month and a half. Well, this is what I was saying. They started dating in February. So this hasn't really? been long. Because I think I first saw them together. It was it Hall of Fame weekend. Uh, we saw them together Hall of Fame weekend, but they didn't really like make it public until like after Mania. Um. Wow. Yeah. So this has been a fast-moving train, which, you know, for some people it works. For others it doesn't. It just depends on the stage of life that they're in. But uh, for their sake, I hope that it does work because what we all know is uh, we've seen public engagements that have gone awry, and uh, it's not necessarily been good for the parties involved. So, hey. uh, you you think you think they're on the jet or are they still renting plane r- renting a car to travel? Oh no, they're definitely on the jet. Yeah, I was about to say those. Yeah, I was gonna say, but, but if they weren't on the jet, I was gonna say they could split the uh, the, the car costs now. Well, they but they're probably could. on the jet. Yeah, they're probably on the jet. I, I you know, but then again, I guess it depends on the distance because I don't know that you take a jet for an hour and a half. So that's true. Yeah, I don't. That's know. true. Uh, more, the Uber bill. more pro wrestling marriage news to tell you about. Congratulations to uh, Sean Spears and uh, Peyton Royce of the Iconics who got married over the weekend. So this is an interpromotional marriage, AEW and WWE. Hey, you find love, you find love. I love it. I love it. Man, I don't know how Vince feels about these things, but uh, well, what's he this kind of like Renee and Mar- Well, speaking No, no, but... but- 
But you better believe when when when, when Mox said what he said, somebody went to Renee and probably said, "Did you know he was going to do that?" So this well, just makes it all interesting. I, I, I Cody is smart enough to maximize this. I hearken back to a comment that Renee Young made when it was announced that he was leaving WWE. And she made the statement on live television, he's going to pursue greener pastures. To which uh, (laughs) uh, the other guy says, wait a minute, what greener pastures are there than WWE? (laughs) So it was a very awkward exchange. (laughs) And so speaking of John Moxley, who is now one of the biggest stars, certainly in both New Japan and in AEW, Moxley was scheduled to have a high-profiled match this weekend against Kenny Omega. It was one of the first matches announced for AEW All Out. However, he is all out of all out. And that's got everything to do with an injury that has arisen. He went to Twitter just a few days ago to talk about it, but he has a serious case of MRSA, which is returned to his elbow. This is why he was out for nearly a year in WWE before he came back to leave. Um, and in this circumstance, he says he's forced to pull out of the match. Um, he has apologized to everybody, including the fans. He's going to have surgery this week to remove the bursa sack in his elbow. And uh, he should have a quick recovery and be back for AEW Wednesday nights on TNT. Believe it or not, some of the fans said that this was karma for him leaving WWE. Not everybody's been exactly happy about this. What do you think? I mean, are fans kind of reacting wrong or should they be a bit more sympathetic about this? What are your thoughts? Man, I heard the news from Moxley. I yelled mercy. He yelled mercy. So it all just got all jacked up. <laughs> uh, you know, for, for me, I don't think it's karma. I think it's just a part of what happens. Mm-hmm. Moxley has put a lot of miles on his body over the last month and a half as he's traveled back and forth from Japan to America, around America, uh, and wrestling anywhere that people would watch him. So it, it's not shocking that the F infection, which it could have happened anywhere, mm-hmm. uh, he's contracted. Now, I don't know what's going to happen. I am reading in places that Renee Young has recently been told two things. Distance yourself from him on social media. And also, he's not welcome backstage at WWE events. So fans are on something that is definitely brewing when they say there's heat between Moxley and and Titan Sports. Oh, for sure. I, I, there I, is there and there's to. probably between him and his brothers in the shield. Oh, I'm sure. Well, you know, if you'll notice, you know, there was a period where his brothers from the shield, both Roman and Seth, became very defensive of all things WWE on social media. And uh, I guess it was them trying to stand up against what was happening with AEW. Vince certainly believes that there's heat with AEW, and I don't think that Vince likes feeling like he had the wool pulled over his eyes. It takes him back to 1995 when Lex Luger walked out on him after a a hand and verbal agreement, basically, and showed up on Nitro the next night. Vince does not like to have the wool pulled over his eyes. And so the fact that this happened, he's not happy with it. I tell you what, though, what what this is going to change is that 
whenever you start a venture and you're starting to dream about something, especially when you're the young gun, you have a lot of lofty ideas. And you say, oh, yeah, our wrestlers can compete over here. They can compete over there. Well, now that Mr. Moxley has gotten Mercer, and this probably happened on New Japan's watch. Many are reporting this sure. happened on New Japan's watch. Mm -hmm. I am guaranteeing that the Khan family is going to Cody and saying, I know you like to play ball with everybody else, but we're going to need our main stars to stay here and perform here only because Moxley, who hasn't fought in a sanctioned match yet by AEW, mm -hmm. has pushed this back further. Yeah, it, it is not a good scenario, I think. And I think that, again, one of the things we have to remember right now is AEW is in no way an independent organization. Right. They are a major organization. And so they have to treat themselves like that, which is why we've seen some of the things that we've seen. And we've seen some of the independent wrestlers who are now signed to AEW kind of going on these farewell tours in the indies because they are a major organization. So they're really going to have to pay attention to how they're handling these types of things, because if they don't, it's going to create a scenario for them where they're going to have more people injured outside of AEW, which means they won't be able to deliver the AEW product that people are paying for. And that is going to be a problem because that's going to cost them a lot of money. Um, well, I'm just going to go on, on on record and say I think that they should cancel their, guy, their, their guys performing at other promotions. It, it's, it's too risky for what you're building. It, it is risky, and I don't know that there is a need for the AEW guys to perform at, for instance, New Japan particularly when there's not like a for real for real working relationship between AEW and New Japan. So I, I just think that they need to really consider all of that. But again, there are some interesting things happening, like Kenny Omega getting the opportunity to return uh, to DDT uh, in terms of Japan. So he's not going to all uh, New Japan. He's going to go over to DDT and do some stuff over there. So it's interesting how they're going to have to to work through this and uh we'll see what happens in the meantime and in between time i think it's important as we're talking about all elite to talk about the fact that last week here on this show we alluded to the possibility of an announced team for aew on tnt and the news is official that tony shivani has signed with all elite and will be part of the announced team with jim ross and excalibur for AEW on TNT every Wednesday night beginning October the 2nd. And that's going to go head-to-head, -head, of course, with NXT and the team led by Mauro Ronaldo, which features Beth Phoenix and Nigel McGuinness. What do you think about this blockbuster announcement? Because I think for certainly a wrestling aficionado and historian like yourself, a team like what AEW has built on the announce table is going to change the game. GB, I, I, I'm, I'm so giddy. I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. This is the voice of NWA, WCW, especially Nitro and Thunder, mm -hmm. tag teaming with the voice of the Attitude Era to give us matches that are edgier and constant. There are moments still where I'm watching a WWE pay-per-view and I'm drooling at the thought of how Jim Ross would call it. Mm -hmm. There are moments, and I will give you this, that I believe that, that are great in-ring moments, but they will not go down in wrestling 
folklore history because the commentary is off. It is like a great singer who can't find a good producer. Wow. It is. It, 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 it has to have the comment. There's nothing better than hearing uh, JR scream, my God, he's broken in half. Because what just happened, we honestly believe he's broken in half. Mm -hmm. There's nothing better than watching Hell in a Cell. Can you imagine how botched it would have been if Michael Cole had called Hell in a Cell? Well, you, with, with Taker and Here's part of the JR, difference. Go ahead. JR, his... I, I, I'd love to study this. I wonder if the EQ for JR's uh, voice and Morrow's voice just naturally fits the human ear. But you tag him with Tony Schiavone, GB, they're going to make crappy moments seem like they're epic moments. You know, we have an interesting thing here because, you know, in the 90s, you didn't have Gordon Soley really around much. Uh, and so <laughs> you had, you know, so there were no old school commentators to kind of yeah. you know glean from and so you had Tony Schiavone who at that point definitely was the voice of WCW and many people forget that during that period between like 89 and 93 you had moments where Schiavone and Jim Ross were working together as a team yep. and they but were JR wasn't in his bag then though he, 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 he was but still he was, but he was still super excited and the product yep. then wasn't a great yeah. product, but they are what helped to make it exciting. Yeah. So to see them, and, and I'll tell you, you were talking about Jim Ross calling King of the Ring. What you guys need to do is go back and watch that entire King of the Ring pay-per-view. When you watch the entire pay-per-view and then sit that match inside of it between Mankind and The Undertaker and listen to the way he called that. And here's the thing. I think one of the big, there are two big secrets to me. To why Jim Ross is as great as he is. Secret number one is he's wildly passionate about this business. I mean, that go, should go without saying. You cannot effectively, you can't, you can't talk about the business. You can't be a manager. You can't be a mouthpiece. You can't be any of those things if you aren't first passionate about this business. And then secondly, he purposely does not want to know what's going to happen. So that you get a natural organic and authentic call from him and so what you got he did not know taker was going to throw him off the the build uh, off off the top of the cell he didn't know any of that stuff was going to happen none of those folks knew so i think what you have now is to me you have the three most passionate announcers in this business working on the same night mauro ronaldo jim Whoa. ross and Tony Schiavone. Now, let me just tell you this. Most people have not really gotten into Excalibur yet. But of those guys uh, in All Elite who were not named Jim Ross, Excalibur was the guy helping to make that work. He's spent a lot of time being involved in PWG. He's done some announcing for New Japan. And listen, the three of them together, there is not a weak link in that chain. And I'm telling you. If, if if the action in the ring isn't enough, it's going to be the call outside of the ring that's going to help authenticate all of it. I say this. I don't know if NXT is going to try to punch back, but I'll say this. Beth Phoenix, who I think is certainly better than Renee Young, still has a ways to go in terms of being able to call on the level of Moro. Right now, Moro, Nigel, and Beth Phoenix 
are like Destiny's Child or SWV. It's very clear who the lead singer is. It's Coco and them. It's Beyonce and them. It's Moro and them. And I think Moro, if if NXT's commentary team, this is this is the unfortunate part about losing um, about losing Percy Watson, who made the decision to kind of star in his own stuff in Hollywood and whatnot. I think he was gelling, and the three of them were gelling and having great chemistry. Because you don't necessarily have to be a great name. You have to have great chemistry. And I think, you know, it's the great chemistry that's going to help to make this work. So, I don't know. Personally, I so, think you may need to get, um, uh, oh, man, my guy whose name always escapes me. And I'm, I'm, un- I'm just ashamed that his name escapes me. Uh oh man, it'll come back to me. Who's currently on both Raw and SmackDown? You need him to come back to NXT to make those calls. GB, I was gonna say this. One of the things that makes Jim Ross so good is remember, Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone are old enough to remember yes. sports, some sporting events not being on TV but being on radio. Yes. So the radio play by play commentary radio. guy. They both work yes. radio. Yeah. They both have worked radio. So there's a different live element that you have to bring because the person can't see it. They have to envision it through your vernacular, through your tone, through your vocal animation, and through your prowess to describe it. Jim Ross is able to do that. So one of the reasons why those moments are so epic is because he's calling it as if he's calling radio. He knows we can see it, but he doesn't care that we can see it. So he's not enhancing what what we're seeing. He is describing something to us. If we close our eyes, we can still see him being thrown off the cage. My God, he's broken in half. Mm -hmm. That's why AEW made a great quality move with Jim Ross. And then you bring in Tony Schiavone, who's spent years in Atlanta calling the Braves games on the radio and other things on the radio. These guys are going to tear the house down. Mauro Ranallo is a great announcer. I'm taking nothing from him, but boy, does he have his hands full now. But you know what that's going to do? I think that's going to make him more passionate. He's that kind of guy. So it's going to be a lot of fun to and, watch. And I'll tell you this, GB. If NXT didn't have more Ronaldo, they'd be screwed. Oh, there's no question about that. There's no question about that. No Screw question at all. No question. So let me just drop this since you mentioned. <laughs> one, at- one last thing, G- GB. Mm-hmm. The new generation, they won't recognize Gordon Soley. Gordon Soley is known as one of the, you mentioned him, known as one of the greats of all time. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you now, if you go back and you're a new school guy and watch that Gordon Soley stuff, you're not going to understand it. Because well, Gordon Soley like stuff. Drinking bourbon and smoking cigars all week. But Gordon Gordon Soley, and, and here we go, kind of dating ourselves. Gordon Soley took after Howard Cosell. Um, he did. It's it, a whole it's movement a whole era. There. That's a whole nother era. Absolutely. Speaking of other eras, uh, we're talking about you know Howard Cosell. We're talking about Gordon Soley, Tony Schiavone, Jim Ross. It brings up all sorts of thoughts about the NWA. Uh, before it became WCW and the NWA of course currently now is owned uh, by Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins who has announced of course that the NWA TV program will begin it'll begin taping September the 30th and October the 1st and they've announced the studio it's going to be at GPB Studios here in the heart of Atlanta Uh, it's basically where the public broadcasting takes place it's going to be a very limited amount of seats it's going to be interesting how they're doing it. To get access, you need to sign up. 
uh, at their website, nationalwrestlingalliance.com, where they're going to send you the information first, and they're going to offer 100 seats as part of a VIP package. Um, those who get those VIP packages will be guaranteed those 100 seats. The remaining seats will be offered via general admission, and uh, that'll be the only ways to get them. I'm certainly going to try to get there. I'm not fully convinced yet if it is quite worth the VIP investment. If this were AEW, perhaps, but we'll see. I mean, history is what history is, and uh, I'll, got, I'll keep you guys posted on that for sure. Time is moving swiftly. And I do mean swiftly. Hey, but, G, yeah. re- do you know which studio they're going to be in at that? Uh, do, have they said which one? It, uh, which one is that? GPB? They're four studios. They haven't yeah, said which one Yeah, they're four studios. I'll probably okay. find out okay. via email once they send it over. They haven't sent that information yet. But, uh, okay. Yeah. And I can tell you that that's going to be like the home for the NWA. So it's not going to be traveling. The long-term home. Yeah. It's not going to be traveling, you know, a studio in this city, a studio in that city. This is going to be where it's going to be shot for the foreseeable future. I'm hoping it's Studio C. There's a 60 by 90 retractable area for audience seating. Uh, there's also a 360 studio there where they can do some really cool stuff mm-hmm. if they want to have a whole 360 view. So they have options. I hope they use it well. I hope they use it well, too, because here's the deal. With this generation, with AEW, WWE, New Japan, Impact, ROH, etc. They have to do something to stand out. And uh, even though they're going with the old school approach of studio wrestling, the quality, the TV quality can't be old school. Or else I think that will absolutely uh, shoot them in the foot. So it's going to be interesting to watch how this goes down. But certainly we will keep you posted on what's happening with the NWA uh, as they're going to TV. And I'll tell you, that week, I'm calling it WrestleMania week. Because that week you've got the NWA taping on the 30th and the 1st. On the 1st you've got, uh, actually it's on the 30th, I'm sorry, that you have uh, Monday Night Raw. Then of course on October the 2nd you have uh, AEW and NXT launching the Wednesday Night Wars. Then that Friday, October the 4th will be the 20th anniversary of SmackDown as SmackDown heads to Fox. Uh, It'll be from the Staples Center. It's going to be big, and I'm hearing they're trying to get The Rock to be present at the 20th anniversary show, which would be incredible. It's time to take a break, guys. When we come back, it's time to dig into Raw, SmackDown, and give you our predictions for AEW All Out and for NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff, which will decide the faction championship. But right now, let's go to some music. You guys love this. It is creepy. It is right. It is everything you want a wrestling theme song to be. Here's Code Orange with a theme song for The Fiend simply saying, let me in. You've got it locked to the faction powered by Bonnerfied Radio. This is Caprice Coleman, and you're listening to The Faction on Bonnerfied Radio. That's right. The mount, the style, the grace, the shape, and the face. Support Bonnerfied Radio, The Faction. Keep it on, baby.
Domingo, mijo. Born Stanley Martin Lieber in New York City in 1922, Lee entered the comic book world as a teenage assistant in 1939. Stanley Lieber was the Joe Jackson of comic books. Mm. I don't even know how to feel about that. Yeah, I, just, I, I almost think he was greater than a Joe Jackson. I don't know, ain't nobody greater than Joe Jackson now. Wait a minute. That's when you messed up. Oh, no, 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 no. Why you did that? Why you did that? What are you I don't know why you did that, GB. Why you did that? Oh, Lord. Dan Lee had a whole universe down in, in his head, in his, in his mind. <laughs> James. The remix on Bonnerfied Radio. We here Thursdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. Here on Bonnerfied Radio. Radio the way it's supposed to be. Exclusively on the remix. Don't miss it. Don't miss it at all. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the faction. This is Courtney, and that was Let Me In, the Fiend's theme song by Code Orange. And let's jump right into it. WWE Raw was live from the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans, Louisiana. You remember, it was the night after. I think GB was at the Smoothie King Center that night, and we were still in shock, and you know what it is. But things kicked off. When Mrs. Blue Hair Sasha Banks addressed WrestleMania rumors and even brawled with old Natalia, Ricochet defeated Drew McIntyre in the King of the Ring first round match. Baron Corbin in a beater defeated the Miz in the first round match for the King of the Ring. SmackDown Women's Champion Bayley defeated WWE Women's Champion Nikki Cross. Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, who looked like more like Rick Roode and uh, Mr. Perfect, won the largest tag team turmoil match in a Raw history to earn the right to the challenge the Raw Tag Team Champion Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman at Clash of the Champions. Sasha Banks defeated Natalya, Cedric Alexander defeated Cesaro, and United States Champion AJ Styles defeated Raw Tag Team Champion Braun Strowman. GP, what did you think about Monday Night Raw? You know, I, I will say this. I feel like AEW, and people can say what they want, AEW has dramatically impacted the caliber and quality of both Raw and SmackDown, which is for the good. Um, with that said, uh, a couple of really interesting moments, I think, from Monday Night Raw. For one, who saw the team of Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode winning this tag team turmoil and becoming the number one contenders i didn't see that coming but i also have a thought and maybe i'm thinking too much but here's my thought so last week you have a makeshift team who's never teamed before come together and win the world tag team championships 
This week, you have a team that's never teamed before beat all the other teams, many of whom have been established, to get a shot at those Raw Tag titles. So we went from trying to establish a tag team division with proven tag teams to letting two also-ran teams who've never teamed before all of a sudden come in, and now they're your tag team title match for Clash of Champions. That's a slap in the face to your tag division. It's a slap in the face to the Viking Raiders who should be getting the shot at the tag titles or the Revival or the OC. Like, I just... it, it, It is equivalent to 1996 when Scott Hall and Kevin Nash came into WCW and it took the entire WCW to flood the ring to try to counteract those two guys as the outsiders. What are you saying when two guys can come from WWE and completely run roughshod over your entire roster? You don't believe in your roster. And so I think that Monday Night Raw just proved that they do not believe in their tag team division. And that is unfortunate. Uh, I'll also say this. This brand split makes no sense with this stupid wild card rule. Because there was no reason reason for the SmackDown Women's Champion to be on Raw. There was no reason for Lacey Evans to be on SmackDown. There was no reason for the New Day to be on Monday Night Raw. I mean, like, this stuff, the continuity piece of it. And this is not a fan complaining. It's just if, you know... If, if it's separate brands, it's separate brands, you know? So you don't yeah. have NXT guys just showing up on 205 Live all willy-nilly, you know, or vice versa. I mean, there's some rhyme or reason. And right now there's no rhyme or reason. And where this becomes a problem for both Raw and SmackDown is that the brands were supposed to be created for more superstars to get TV time. And instead I say, I see the same people on Monday and Tuesday night, and it doesn't make any sense. It's pathetic. It's a poor use of people. The best thing about Raw to me was seeing Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows in the ring against uh, War Machine. Yeah, that was great. And I hate that that, that ended in a disqual... Yeah, that should not have ended... That, quite frankly, should be your tag team title match uh, at Clash of Champions. Because here's the other thing that becomes problematic. Those guys know how to tear it down against each other. Oh, my gosh. No, the, the, the other thing that becomes problematic for me is why do we need Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman in two matches at Clash of Champions. We Why? don't need them in. This is what I'm saying. We don't. And so we this, don't. This and, is, and it's another it's another waste again, a waste of Braun Strowman. Yeah, I think Braun Strowman, you know, certainly does he deserve a shot at the Universal Championship? He's long overdue a shot and a title ring, quite frankly. Um I just think it's horrible that again He's being reduced to a tag team title reign that's being overshadowed by his pursuit of the Universal Championship. So again, the tag titles end up being a second thought. So with all of that said, perhaps the two best things happening on Monday Night Raw right now are The Fiend and this King of the Ring tournament. Because the King of the Ring tournament is actually bringing us some high quality matches. And I'm, hey, shout I'm, out I'm appreciative. Sid. Yeah, Cedric shout Alexander. Shout out Sid, man. Mm-hmm. He's Shout doing his thing, and, and I'm I'm thankful that King of the Ring tournament right now is 
having the potential to bring us new stars. We're seeing wins from yeah. Cedric Alexander. We're seeing wins from Ricochet. Uh, over on SmackDown, Ali, Andrade. You know, we're getting some real opportunities to see some new people step up and shine. So yeah. I think that's a really good thing. Tell me about it. That's so good. Yeah, that's a good thing. Well, I'm, I'm interested to see because SmackDown seemed to be more of the same people cross-pollinating between the brand. I mean, the brand split is just stupid. Yeah, the brand split's not going to make sense until they actually enforce it. And so uh, they went to Baton Rouge. And, and yeah, go ahead. We're enforcing double qual- disqualifications these days? It's it's weird. It's I weird. wish we'd stay consistent. Yeah, yeah, because there have been far other reasons for there to be disqualification. So the Raising Canes River Center in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, <laughs> played home to SmackDown last night. That From saw, Smoothie King to Raising Canes. This diarrhea waiting to happen. This is just crazy, man. Randy Orton targeted Kofi Kingston's family, which is never a good thing, turned into the brawl for all right there in uh, the gorilla position, which I always thought there were people sitting there, and mysteriously there aren't. Interesting. Ali defeated Buddy Murphy in an incredible match in the first round of the King of, Ring, King of the Ring tournament. The Miz is in a war with Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn. Lacey Evans showed up for the first time since uh, two pay-per-views ago, but only to be defeated by Bailey. Randy Orton defeated Big E. Drake Maverick ended up as the new 24-7 champion, ultimately pinning... Uh, well, he pinned a couple of people. It just got kind of crazy, such as the life of the 24-7 championship. Former tag team champions Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin battled as Chad Gable defeated Shelton Benjamin in round one of the King of the Ring tournament. And then Roman Reigns in the new Who Done It seemingly alleges Eric Rowan as his attacker. Rowan then got his beard slapped off by Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan comes to the ring, accuses Rowan of being a liar, and then gets a spear in his chest for all of his troubles. What do you think of SmackDown, good brother? Uh, oh, Kofi. Oh, brother, Kofi, 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 Kofi. Kofi said five times. I'm taking this to a whole nother level or something to that, to that, 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 I mean, I, I just, I like the brawl in gorilla. Cause I don't know if we've seen a real good brawl in gorilla before nope. that was new. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not, I was worried they knocked the, the walls of gorilla down, but that's some good wrestling. They didn't knock right. the walls down at all. Right. Nobody tore the walls down. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. We got to figure out what we're going to do with Kofi. This can't be the best use of Kofi. Kofi's mic skills have seemed to have diminished. And I think it's because we have this idea that champions should be more serious. Hmm. So they're trying to go more serious, maybe. But we love Kofi for who Kofi is. And I don't know too much about this Orton keep calling Kofi stupid. Because I feel like it's dog whistle language for other stuff. And I'm not a fan of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so they're, they're doing that whole deal. Uh, SmackDown was largely overshadowed with me asking myself, why is there a brand split? The best part was Rowan getting the tarnation slapped out of him by Daniel Bryan. He didn't slap him once, not twice, not thrice, but four times. He slapped him in and said, I hate liars. And Roman Reigns. You have no soul. You speared this man. But guess what it did? In all our typical wrestling, 
I went from not caring about Daniel Bryan, as I was going to say on this show, to I actually care what happens now. Yeah, you know, something needed to happen with that because it just was kind of more of the same. Um, I, I, the altercation with if him and Rowan was pretty neat. Uh, there's a part of me, and I kind of want to go back and watch some of the other footage because I almost feel like they added Rowan in there somehow. Me too. I said the same thing. I said, I wonder if this is like some digital enhancement. It, it felt like that because it certainly, you would have seen someone that large as many times as they showed that footage of the, that trust falling. You would have seen that happening. So I thought that was interesting. But to me, I'm glad that we have in-ring action to talk about. And that Ali Buddy Murphy match was everything. But I want to tell yeah. y'all, this isn't the first time it's happened. It happened on 205 Live several times, and those guys tore the house down. So I'm glad that they're getting the opportunity on the larger platform that is SmackDown. Are you crediting the bitch? Because you know he loves his cruiserweights. Well, you know what's funny? Here's the crazy part. I'm still not fully confirmed that he's actually legit handling the creative for like, SmackDown. There, there's nothing that says he's there. There's nothing that says he's there. I don't see any typical Eric Bischoff things that says he's there. Nothing. But I don't feel like seeing any things that says Heyman is there on Monday. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what all that was about, but I'd really like to get to the bottom of it because it felt like early on we had some Heyman uh, involvement, but lately it doesn't feel like it, and I don't know what that's about. So It feels like the old guys are back writing. It, yeah, and that's problematic to me. Like I'm not a fan of that at all. Um, at all. So interesting time, certainly looking at Raw and SmackDown, uh, the King of the Ring and more as we're gearing up for, of course, uh, the Clash of the Champions, which will be taking place in just a couple of weeks here in September, or well, almost now, in September. Yeah. And let me say this. If you missed it, Randy Orton's reading of the letter to Kofi is throwback to 1984. Piper did the same thing with Snooker. And that Piper Snooker thing is still uncomfortable to me. Yeah, which is why, which is why him calling him stupid matters. Yes. If you know your wrestling history. Yes. Yes. It it matters. It matters. The way that men of color were treated. I mean, still the idea that he, uh, you know, leading up to him uh, hitting Jimmy Snooker with the coconut, you know, he said some horrible things about. Uh, them being apes on their islands and you know using uh, using bananas and all these other things that he did to antagonize him um, it oh, very uncomfortable very yeah uncomfortable. so if, you, if, if you're listening go back and watch that 84 rowdy Roddy Piper whose daughter we talked about last week yes. reading the letter to Jimmy Snooker man that's that's something that is something for sure all right so this leaves us some good time. To get into the faction championship, with a, which a lot of our fans are very into. No, I feel like we run out of time. I no, feel like it, it, it's, hey, you no, can, hey, at not. Steve Major Beard on Instagram or Twitter, Courtney on Facebook, I and I want to talk to you. I've, and they will find you as uh, we gear up for NXT TakeOver Cardiff, which is happening this Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern, and then it'll be followed just a couple of hours later by All Elite Wrestling's Big pay-per-view all out from the home of All In. It's going to be absolutely special. So we're going to start with NXT TakeOver uh, Cardiff. 
And uh, unfortunately, Clack's not here, but it's okay. The two of us are here, and we're going to decide this championship. It's going to be interesting. So let's start with the card. You've got Noam Dar against Travis Banks, a last man standing match between Dave Mastiff and Joe Coffey, a triple threat match for the NXT UK Tag Team Championships that sees Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster against Mark Coffey and Wolfgang, and they're all fighting the champs Zach Gibson and James Drake. The UK women's titles on the line as Tony Storm defends against Kaylee Ray, and the UK championship is up for grabs as Walter defends against the inaugural UK champion, Tyler Bate. All right, Courtney, what you got? I'm the champion. I don't have to go first. Well, fine. You don't have to go first. That's, it's not going to change your results at all, but that's fine. Um, I'm going to go with uh, I'll start. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. You okay. better pick Walter. I know that. I'm going to start. You want to win? I'm going to start with Travis Banks, who I think will get his comeuppance against Noam Dar. Uh, this last man standing match is going to be serious, but I'm going to go with Dave Mastiff on that. He's it's going to be a very physical match. Um, the NXT UK Tag Championships. I think uh, Zach Gibson and James Drake will retain. Uh, that's right. Uh, Drake and Gibson. Yep, I think they will retain. And then I think Tony Storm retains her UK Women's Championship. And uh, I think it's going to be a great match, but I don't see any way that Tyler Bate defeats Walter. So I'm going with Walter uh, for that match. Okay, so well, this, this is a is watch because we have the, the same we have the same result. I was gonna say this is the part where see, you, this is you why know, you let me go first. You can copy on my. No, this is not GB. All of those are make sense decisions that you made. I mean, the title belts are not going to change hands. There's not going to be a major title title change. It's not that one. And I agree with you. I think that Travis Banks, Noam Dar has a good name. Travis Banks over those and Dave Masters is just a huge monster. Okay. Okay. Any wrestling fan is going to go that direction. Oh. Now this next one is where we're gonna differ. Well, this next one's gonna be fun, so I hope you're this ready. This next one <laughs> is where we're. This NXT one is just a make sense one, but this. Oh, you know, I'm, well, okay, let me do it that. And, way. And, that and, way. and to be fair, we will choose match by match since that okay. way you, you know, But I declare to these on this here Wednesday. You have to post the results on our Insta story again well, like I, you did last time. I have Cheat. no problem with that. I'm not a cheater. I have no problem. Because if I were a cheater, I would have already awarded myself the championship. But I didn't Well, you it. dang near did. No, it's, You're trying to swindle me out of it. There's no been, we were in a tie. There's no swindling. So here are the matches, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The pre-show features the tag team. This is going to be – God, this match is going to be crazy. Private really Party versus Angelico and Jack Evans. That's at the pre-show. I'm just going to read all the matches first. Then we'll go through match and match. Uh, there's the Women's Casino Battle Royal where the winner receives a shot at the inaugural women's title. We know entrants include Britt Baker, Jazz, Sadie Gibbs, Teal Piper, Big Swole, Arian Mo Ariel Monroe, uh, Brandy Rhodes, Nyla Rose, Brandy Rhodes, Nyla Rose, Ali, Yuka, Sakazaki, and Ivelisse. Uh, then we have... And the biggest travesty in that whole thing is that we're not seeing Tessa Blanchard. 
participate in a match like this. The biggest travesties were being robbed of that. Well, and and that's really on Tessa. That's on Tessa because she is. wanted to stay with Impact and Wow. So that's interesting. Uh, then when we get to the actual card, uh, a women's match sees Riho versus Hikaru Shida, and apparently my understanding is the winner of that match will face the winner of the Casino Battle Royal ultimately for the Women's Championship. Um, Joey Janela versus Jimmy Havoc versus Darby Allen. Then we've got uh, the Best Friends versus Dark Order. The winner gets a bye in the Tag Team Championship Tournament. Cody takes on Sean Spears, and Sean Spears has Tully Blanchard in his corner. The AAA Tag Team Championship will be on the line as the Lucha Brothers take on the Young Bucks in a ladder match. Kenny Omega takes on Pac instead of John Moxley, so that match is going to be intriguing. And the AEW World Championship will be decided. Chris Jericho takes on Hangman Page. So you wanted to go match by match. Let's start with Private Party versus Angelico and Jack Evans. Go. Um, This is tough. This is tough already because I remember Angelico and Jack Evans from their great work in Lucha Underground. Of course. Um, they had, they've had some great matches already in AEW. They've yet to get a win. Private Party has done a great, great job as well. They are a highly sought-after team. This is literally a pick em. Oh, God, this is a hard one. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm... I'm going to go with Angelico and Jack Evans. And I have my reasons, and I'll explain them after you choose. Okay. I am actually going to go with Private Party. I knew you The reason be. why is because I believe their match at Fighter Fest is what got them full-time contracts. And they're going to be eager to put them on the map really quick because I think Private Party versus the Young Bucks is a money feud. Yeah, you know it's funny. Part of me was thinking, and my, and so kind of the opposite is my reason for Angelico and Jack Evans. They were uh, present at uh, Double or Nothing, if my memory serves me correctly. They were present at uh, the the last big match that took place uh, in Jacksonville, and they yet to have a win to put on their uh, uh, on their on their win book. And so I think yeah. this is going to be the match that's going to do it for them. Um, this casino... I have the same tension when we get to Cody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do too. Uh, the Casino Battle Royal. We shouldn't even pick that one. That's a tough one. And and here's why that's tough. And we might skip that one because we still don't have all the entrants. It's a 21-woman Battle Royal, and we only have like 10. So, so let's uh, skip it. Based we'll upon who's that. there, though, who would you like to see win? Based upon who's there... I think it makes sense for Awesome Kong to win. And her name isn't even confirmed on here. But that makes sense oh, for her to win that man. and have her in that inaugural AEW women's title match? Come on. Bro. Come on. Bro. Yes. It makes sense. You have redeem history. Yes. Redeem yes. Give history. Give her what she did not get a chance to get in WWE. I think that's what should happen. But we'll see. We'll see. All right, so now we have to move to the women's match uh, that is on the card. Riho versus Hikaru Shida. Hikaru Shida. Okay. Um, unfortunately, I don't know much about either of them, so I'm going to go with Shida as well. All right. Uh, this ought to be uh -huh. fun. Triple threat match. Joey Janela, Jimmy Havoc, Darby Allen. 
You got it first. Um, this is tough because I told you guys back in January, February, when I went to Evolve and had my first chance to see Darby Allen, that he is a star. And he certainly proved that in his match against Cody. Yet I believe Joey Janela, of course, he was part of All In. Jimmy Havoc, a big signing, and uh, certainly the king of the death match from England. Ooh, this is tough. I'm switching my initial pick. Uh, listen, I'm, gonna, I'm not I'm going with Jimmy Havoc, I'll tell you that. I was going to go with Jimmy Havoc, but I'm going with Darby Allen. I'm going to go with Joy Janela. Yeah. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. All right. Best friends versus the Dark Order. Oh, I'm supposed to go first, right? Uh, I'm going with the Dark Order on this one. Why? Uh, I'm going with the Dark Order because of the way they debuted at... Uh, at- at uh, 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 Double Ooh. or Nothing. I'm going with them at the fact that they won at uh, Fight for the Fallen. And I think that they just have a lot of momentum going with them. They're a tough, matter of fact, they beat Angelico and Jack Evans. They're a tough, tough team. So I'm going to go with them over the best friends. Guys talking about people not taking the ball or the bull by the horn. These dudes did. Yeah. I'm rocking with the Dark Order. Okay. All right. Um, next. Now we're getting tricky. Cody versus Sean Spears. I'm just going to go right out and say Sean Spears. Yeah, Sean Spears. Cody. Cody's not going to book himself to win for quite some time. Well, he doesn't have to. He, he doesn't have to. But I think to me, this war gets longer legs because you have a Tully Blanchard involved. It's a real true throwback. Probably more of a throwback than the actual NWA. So for me, Sean Spears. Oh, by far, this this has major legs to it. Yeah. So is that who you're? This going is with a also? old Texas. This is an old Texas beef. Oh yeah, I'm going. With, yeah, I'm going with Sean Spears. Cody's not going to win this. It's going to be a bloody match, though. It is going to be a bloody match, and this is this is really this is really Tully versus Dusty again. It, it really is. That's why I say it goes back to this is San Antonio versus Amarillo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, the AAA Tag Team Championship. The Lucha Brothers, who are the current champions, versus the Young Bucks in a ladder match. Lucha. Young Bucks have won too much. So I'm actually torn on this one, um, and I'm torn for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, Ray Phoenix currently has a bit of a leg injury, which could impact what he could do in this ladder match. Um, I remember the Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks have kind of gone back and forth with this AAA Tag Team Championship match. Um, I, I I love the Lucha Brothers. I think they should win this match, but I think the Young Bucks want to be draped in gold uh, at their event, so I think the Young Bucks are going to win it. Jeez, I hope not. I hope not either, but I think it's going to happen. Kenny Omega versus Pac. Oh, Kenny. Okay. Kenny. I again am and, torn and, on this one. And and, 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 and and I think that this is the way it was always booked. It was going to be Kenny no matter what. Oh, so you think Kenny was going over uh, John yeah. Moxley? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I, I Because I think that's a war that's going to have a, a, a lot of legs to it. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with Omega. The war gets extended further if Kenny wins and Mox goes nuts. Which of Kenny Win Pox is gonna go nuts? <laughs> yeah, he absolutely is. So now we're at the world title match. Chris Jericho versus Adam Page. Am I going first or are you? You're walking. It doesn't matter. 
Well, it doesn't I'll, go, I'll go first, and I've thought about this long and hard. Uh, I didn't need uh, I thought about it long and hard. Um, at the First of all, it was very clear at the initial uh, press conference that Hangman Page wanted to become the first AEW world champion. And at that point, it looked like it was going to be Pac versus Hangman Page. And Pac had some issues in terms of visas, et cetera, et cetera. Jericho's in the title picture now, et cetera, et cetera. Let me just say this. If there was not a TV deal with TNT, I would go one way. But because there is. But because there is, you're going to go with what makes sense. Chris Jericho is going to be the first AEW world champion. It only makes sense. It only, it only makes, makes sense. sense. You're, now, if they did not have a TV deal and they didn't need a high-profile champion, Mm-hmm. Then I would go with Hangman Page because that makes all the sense in the world to me. Yeah. Uh, pay it forward. But they're walking into Wednesday now with NXT. Mm -hmm. They're walking into Wednesday night with Chris Jericho. So yeah, lot and I've and I've thought about this in a number of of ways. Um, I thought about it a number of ways. On one hand, there's a statement of we go with the new guy and we build the new talent. Um, which, hey, that's a cool statement. But the truth of it is, Chris Jericho, say what you want, is the most recognizable star in all of AEW to the outside yeah. world. And to, to the, the people, outside world. And to the people who are going to flip the channel, uh, even those who are diehard NXT guys are not going to flip the channel right now for Hangman Page. They might in six months, but they're not going to right now. So I think Chris Jericho walks away as the world champion. I think... Uh, Hangman Page has many other opportunities. Jericho, maybe not. I think it's going to be a good match. I think the whole pay-per-view is going to be amazing. Yes. But Christopher Jerome Jericho gets draped yeah. in gold. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, it's going to be interesting. We had some very similar choices here. So this will be interesting to see what happens if the tie gets broken and if it does not get broken, I've heard a number of people with some suggestions, one of them being take it to the fans. So we'll see what happens. Uh, take it to the fans. Cross that Our fans? when we get to it. So Are you crazy? We will absolutely see. Well, it's been a fantastic show. We've got some really cool things we're cooking up for you guys in the month of September as we're leading into uh, really perhaps the biggest quarter in the world of pro wrestling in many, many years uh, as we've got Fox moving, excuse me, SmackDown moving to Fox, NXT moving to USA, and AEW moving to TNT. It's going to be an amazing, amazing time in the world of pro wrestling. Here's how you can reach out to us by way of social media. Courtney. At C Major Beard on Instagram or Twitter. Courtney Beard on Facebook. Yes, I want to chat with you. And, of course, you can find me at Bonnerfide. You can find Clack at Brandon J. Clack. You can also find us at The Faction Show all over social media where we have all sorts of amazing news, and we're going to keep you posted on all the stuff that's going down in the world of pro wrestling. So until then, it's Courtney, it's Clack, it's GB. We are The Faction. 